Welcome to the Real Estate Espresso Podcast, your morning shot of what's new in the world of real estate investing. I'm your host, Victor Menashe. Last week, I attended a small private presentation hosted by my good friend Tom Wilson at the Baycom Monthly Meeting in Silicon Valley. The guest speaker was Dr. Doug Duncan, Chief Economist for Fannie Mae. And Doug's been a previous guest on the show. Doug leads a large team of nearly 200 economic analysts, and they've consistently won awards for the most accurate economic predictions anywhere in the U.S. When I speak with Doug, he's not just reciting data. He's got layers upon layers of evidence to support the conclusions that he draws. This one-hour talk was packed with market insights that I've not seen anywhere else, and I want to share them with you. If Dr. Duncan's observations are correct, they're going to serve as a guide for what's to come in 2021 and beyond. We covered part one of Doug's predictions on Friday's show, and Monday's show contained part two of the economic forecast, and on today's show, I'm going to share the final segment in this forecast based on highlights from Dr. Duncan's presentation. I think they're relevant for all real estate investors. On today's show, we're focusing on new construction. Okay, so here we go. People who are currently homeowners are more fearful of the coronavirus, and they're not listing their homes for sale. These potential sellers don't want strangers coming into their house and possibly infecting the family. On the other hand, those tenants in multifamily apartments are more fearful of the virus in the high-density environment than they are of moving. They're taking advantage of the low-interest rate environment as an opportunity to buy and lock in at a low interest rate for a long time. This surge in demand with a drop in supply is putting a lot of upward pressure on prices. Both Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac are reporting record years for loan originations. Across the nation, there's 2.7 months of inventory on the market, and that's the lowest level we've seen in 30 years that data has been collected. New home builders have seen a surge in contracts for new homes. The builders will eventually need to catch up and build those houses. It's hard to say how they're going to respond to demand for new sales if they get too far ahead of their construction capacity. Availability of skilled labor is the constraint in the construction industry right now. I can tell you that from firsthand experience. We can anticipate that once the pandemic's under control, whether it's through an effective therapeutic or a widespread adoption of a vaccine, supply of houses on the market will increase. Depending on the locations for that supply, interest rates for new loans, and the demand at that point in time, we might start to see a softening in prices. Now, new home builders have a backlog that's at record levels. If we go back to the 2005-2006 timeframe, the industry had the capacity to deliver about 1.4 million new homes a year. Sales peaked in 2006 at that level. In the aftermath of the 2008 downturn, the industry itself delivered about 300,000 new homes a year at the bottom of the market. And it's been averaging between 500,000 and 600,000 new homes a year for the past five years. It's fair to say that the industry is sized to deliver that volume of new homes. In October, sales peaked at an annualized rate of a million homes a year, which is well above the capacity of the market at least at current staffing levels. The question is whether the industry can and will grow to meet the challenge. We've certainly seen cases where the industry has become overheated and perpetuated that boom and bust cycle yet again. Arguably, there is some spare capacity in commercial construction. New demand for office and retail has fallen, while demand for industrial and residential has gone up over the course of the year. How quickly the labor force and those subcontractors will switch over to residential construction remains to be seen. We've also seen that home prices have exceeded the rate of inflation for the last seven years. That means that housing is getting less and less affordable. At some point, it'll reach a breaking point of affordability and prices have nowhere to go. From World War II until the year 2000, the average price appreciation was 3.5%. And over the past five years, we've been averaging 5.5%. In 2020, 
prices will have increased 11%. But remember, we had five years of price deflation from 2007 to 2012. So some of the price increases up until about 2015 merely represent a recovery from the devastation of the post-2008 downturn. In both New York and San Francisco, about 27% of all borrowers are moving from high-density to lower-density situations. In the case of New York, a quarter have moved out of the metro area and three-quarters have moved within the city. In the case of San Francisco, nearly half of those seeking lower density have moved out of the area altogether. Based on the Fannie Mae data, the outlook for new home construction shows demand for 830,000 new single-family homes this year, a 21% increase over 2019, and this is expected to grow a further 6.2% to 881,000 units in 2021, and then remain flat at that level of about 881,000 units in 2022. That's a fairly significant growth over the capacity of the industry last year. 2020 has also been a banner year for refinance activity, representing 127% growth over 2019. Next year, refinance activity is expected to contract significantly by 56.5%. Now, normally, a 56.5% contraction would be a huge alarm bell, but it will basically match the 2019 refinance volumes, and 2019 was a banner year for refinance activity. Anytime you see a market condition where everyone's in one corner of the market sentiment, it's tempting to move to the opposite corner just to see if the herd is missing something. Baby boomers have been saying for decades they intend to age in place. The pandemic has merely reinforced something that's been underway for a long time. Based on everything that I'm hearing, I'm going to go out on a limb and predict that single-family new construction for rental is going to be a product that's in high demand next year. In particular, I believe that new construction townhouses, which live like a single-family home, are going to be in high demand because they're more affordable than a detached home, and the drive for affordability is going to influence demand for the coming next several years. As you think about that, have an awesome rest of your day. Go make some great things happen. We'll talk to you again tomorrow.